Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Okay, so uh, before we start, I have to get some shirt off my chest, so my show shut the fuck up. Um, what the fuck are we doing here, man? What what the fuck are we doing here? It's game fucking whatever. Like, we're less than 60. Like, it's about 60 games in, right? What the fuck is the game? What the fuck are we doing? We just lost the fucking Oklahoma City Blue. Like, at what fucking point do we have any shame in this fucking franchise? At what fucking point do we go, you know what? Maybe switch some shit up. Maybe do some shit differently. What the fuck are we doing? What the fuck are we doing? And with that, let's begin this fucking spaces. Before we get into all that, uh, I do need to announce that Strickland has a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. There's many tiers. There's a $6 tier that gets you access to this pod right here every Friday, Pod Strickland. You also get access to the Strickland Discord, where we spent most of the day shitting on the Knicks. Uh, you also get access to my mailbag every other week with Jeremy Cohen and Drew Steele. Additionally, there's a $9 tier, which I would highly recommend you subscribe to. Uh, with that, you get access to my solo pod, which I don't really care if you listen to or not. But you also get access to wonderful weekly articles by Jack Huntley and Matthew Miranda, who much more eloquently than you or I talk about the various issues and things facing the Knicks. On top of that, there's also a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and a $100 tier. All of these come with additional benefits, like discounts on merchandise, watch parties, uh, potentially sitting in on pod recordings, even potentially hosting a pod alongside us one day. Whether you choose to subscribe or not, your support is appreciated. None of this would be possible without you. And without further ado, let's get into what happened. Fuck! How's it going? How are you? I am fucking hell. <laughs> um, I've been like, uh, you know, the last week, I would say I've been leaning way more towards uh, get rid of Tibbs at the end of the year. I think you should just fire him now. I think you should fire him at All Star break. I'm I'm pretty done with this. Um, he clearly is incapable of adjusting. He's cap he's incapable of not. He's so certain that what he thinks is right that he will not deviate from it. And even when he deviates from it, he always reverts back. He always reverts back. He wants us to play fast, but he has no fucking idea what that means. Like he has no idea. He thinks that Julius can just run point for 45 minutes. What, what, how many minutes did Julius, Julius play tonight? He played 26 out of the 29 minutes in the second half, by the way. Like, he played 44 minutes. Anybody blaming Julius tonight needs to fucking get a lobotomy. Because, like, you cannot expect your four-man to, one, be your best defensive rebounder, probably. At least con- contested at the time. Um, you can't expect him to be the best player that can push the pace for your team. You cannot expect him to be the primary playmaker. Like, you're basically saying, Julius, please be LeBron James. And if that is the standard, 
I don't even know what to say to that. And, you know, did he take some stupid shots? Were his turnovers frustrating? Yeah, but, like, he's running on fumes there, and you're not helping him at all because the entire fucking fourth quarter, Burks is walking the ball. I, I just want to make this clear. I hate Alec Burks right now, but it has nothing to do with Alec Burks, really. Like, it is how Tibbs has now leaning on him. And, like, whatever you want to say, quickly shot like shit, okay? Like, watch, just just watch the offensive possessions, his assists, and all that kind of shit. He got, he generated quality looks for teammates consistently. He pushed the pace, hit the floor. Um, does he need to hit shots? Yeah, absolutely. He needs to hit shots again. But, like, you're talking about, I mean, Tibbs just played Burks for, like, the last, what, fucking 18 minutes or some shit like that in the second half? That is insane. Like, even if you want him to be the playmaker or, like, run the shit in a half court, just bring on quickly so you have somebody who can push the ball at the floor with a little bit of pace. I mean, all we did in the fourth quarter down the stretch was play against a set defense, run some fucking bullshit 1-4 pick and roll, and then Burks or, or Randall would ISO. Like, that is literally all we did. And, you know, that is, like, it, like is, that, is that really all he has? Like, if, if that is really the sum of his offensive creativity, then it is time to move on. Because he is making... Like, you got people now who genuinely think that Quickly and Obi are not actual NBA players. Like, do you understand how fucking stupid that is? The guy is a joke right now. Uh, he was great last year for a team that needed structure desperately, that did not have an identity coming into the season. That just needed some level of competence. He was great for that purpose. He helped us do the thing that the Knicks have not done. But the Knicks have outgrown the need for Tom Thibodeau purely being competent to some degree. Uh, they've outgrown that faster than I think that they probably ever expected to. Um, and and I mean, what he did in the first... Like, I can't even understand anything about the second half. The first half itself was pretty atrocious. But the second half, I genuinely don't understand a single decision that he made. Like, the, 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 he subbed out Mitch. Like, he subbed Mitch back in at 10.30 left in the fourth. Subs him out with 4.30 left. And then he brings it back in like 45 seconds later. What the fuck was the point of that? And why the fuck was Todd... Like, I love Todd, okay? I love Todd just like I like Alec Burks a lot, right? These are good vets that, through really no fault of their own, are being asked to do way too much. The problem is, Todd right now is a fucking husk of the player he was. Okay? Tibbs has used up all his good, all his minutes. He's used up whatever he had left in him this year, and he's run him into the fucking ground. And that is funded, like, he has nothing left. He came in, him and Brooks came in in the first quarter, and the Knicks were up 29-21. I promise you, go watch the next, like, six OKC possessions. I'm pretty sure they scored on each one, and, like, most of them were just wide open like, oh, they drive and kick, collapse the defense, easy kick out for a wide open three, or they just get a shot at the rim. Like, you're not getting anything out of these guys. So the idea we cannot risk playing open with Julius or something because the world will fucking collapse on itself, like we're in, you know, five layers, five fucking dreams deep in Inception or some shit, is ridiculous. Like, it, it, it is a fucking joke. So I don't really know what to even say about a game like this because we did not learn anything of value in this game. All we learned is that Julius Randle is still pretty good at basketball. And Quentin Grimes. Yeah, and Quentin Grimes is good. And Mitch, when he's not dying uh, because his ankle is fucked up, 
is still pretty good. Like, those are the only three things we learned. Nothing else of value was learned. Okay, nothing else. And if you want to, like, I mean, look, I, I'm not even, I don't even want to blame players tonight. Not, not a single one of them. Not Burks, not Fournier, not Taj, not Quickly, not OB, not any of them. This was purely and simply pathetic display of coaching. And, I mean, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Like, the other fucking mistake is this guy's a defensive genius. He starts the fucking game with Fournier on Josh Kitty. Like, you, like, I don't even know how your brain turns to that. He also did something amazing in the third quarter when Grimes is hurt. So quickly comes in, quickly defends Giddy for two straight possessions. Giddy gets nowhere. Okay. Like he, a couple shots or whatever it was. Then for some unknown reason, he switches Kemba onto Giddy. And the Knicks were up like 87, 87, 80 or something. And I think they ended up going down one by the time he called the timeout and switched Kemba off and just took Kemba out for the rest of the game. So just like, I mean, there's so many fucking stupid decisions he made in this game that it's kind of unbelievable. I mean, the time, the, the, the challenge thing was, I, that's like, like th that, that is actually a fireable. Yeah. That is such an unbelievably fucking stupid, idiotic, like, you've got 17 coaches and analysts and shit on the bench behind you. There's no excuse for getting that wrong. And that is on tits. the fucking game. It probably calls the fucking game. If they had their time out there, they probably could get a better shot than a fucking oh. Julius Randle. Well, sure, oh, surely fuck. Tom Thibodeau would draw up a great last-second play. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I don't even know what to say, man. Um, and, um, you know, I think... I just, I don't know what, anybody defending this performance from Tibbs or justifying his decisions, uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you're just not right. Like, you're just watching. What is the point of this season? What are we trying to do right now? The team is eight games under 500. Okay, they're 25 and 33, so they got 24 games left. There is absolutely no fucking reason that I should have to sit and watch a fucking basketball game, a Knicks game, and be subjected to, like, what we played 53 minutes tonight, for those 53 minutes being dedicated to Kemba fucking Walker and Alec Burks running point. I, there's absolutely no reason for it. There's no benefit to it for the team in the short term or the long term. Uh, and this argument that, like, you know, oh, well, you know, he can't do better or guys got to make shots and all this shit... If he cannot fundamentally improve players, if he cannot design better offensive sets to increase the quality of shots you're getting, if he cannot get his team to play fast in the most critical stretches of the game consistently, uh, you know, then what is the purpose of him? If he's only like if he's only as good as the talent he has around him, then basically what you're saying is he's a replacement level coach. That means that he's just not all he does is you know, throw the name, throw the guys out there, roll the ball out, and that's it. If that's all he is, then then it is time. You know, it, it's time to go. It's time to time to move on because this is such an unacceptable level of coaching we've seen. By the way, the Knicks blew. An, this is the fourth game in the last six. They've blown a double digit lead in the second half. So incredible. Yep, they were seventy nine sixty eight. So if if this is if if this is what is supposed to be like inspiring coaching or whatever the fuck people think it is. Um, like this is not, I, I, I'm never going to say he, he's not even close to like, he's still, you know, fucking Phil Jackson compared to Fizzle or something. But like, this is bad. This is as bad as 
you know, Derek, but Derek Fisher got fired his second year. The team was 22 and 22 at one point, And then I think they lost like 10 in a row or something like that. Something crazy. He got fired. Yeah, it was like, it was double digit. I think it was double digit. Yeah, he got, he got fired then. I mean, it also didn't help that maybe he was, you know, banging out Timmy's girl or something. Um, but, <laughs> wait, was it Matt Barnes? Was it Matt Barnes? No, 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 Tim Hardaway Jr. You don't remember that, that rumor that came out? Oh, yeah, that totally slipped my mind. Holy yeah. shit. But, <laughs> but, uh, like, this is as bad as that stretch. And this is more unacceptable to me because this team has young players that need to get minutes. And if they lose just as much as the vets are, that's fine. Because you know what? You are not playing for today anymore. You are playing for next year. You are playing for your future. You are Jayden, playing for... We're playing for Jayden. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're playing whatever it is. You're not, if you want to play for Jayden Ivey, just keep doing the same shit. But if, <laughs> if you want to actually... like, It is insane that he wants to save the season and he's making the decisions he's making right now. It is actually not logical to keep doing the same thing. But he refuses to try anything new. I mean, even as a even as a tactical adjustment, this fucking guy played drop the entire game. He played drop the entire game. You've got fucking rookie ball handlers, okay? Like, Trey Mann, talented player. Josh super talented player. These guys are going to be really fucking good, okay? I'm not denying that. But you made them look really fucking good tonight because you put zero pressure on them. You did not ever offer... You did never. You never made them have to think in a different way. You did not pose a different question. All you did was play drop the entire time. You didn't switch. You didn't trap. You never do any. He never does any of this shit. Okay, like you have Mitchell Robinson, who's finally you know looking athletically. Uh, I still don't think he's what he was at his peak athletic ability prior to this year, but he's moving pretty well. He's moving pretty fucking well for the guy. You can mix up shit. Like this is a guy you should be mixing up coverages with. You know, and like this is his second year in your system. So if all you like last year, if you just wanted to sell me on, we're just going to drill the same things over and over and over again because we need to establish a foundation. I'm completely fine with that. I was completely fine with that. This year, that's unacceptable. You cannot just be running the same vanilla bullshit on both ends of the floor. But like, it took him until game 50 of, the, of his second season in New York to start like using Julius as a role man more consistently. You know how fucking batshit insane that is? Like, every other coach Julius Randle's had has found ways to use him as a role man, basically. You know? Like, except, for, except for, like, Luke fucking Walton, dude. And physically. Just like, not, the, not the coach you want to be yeah. at compared to. But it's, I don't know, man. I'm sorry. I've just been rambling for so long. But this is easy to me. Uh, I hope, by the way, I want to thank everybody that's listening, though, today. Because uh, this is actually going to be, like, our, uh, our, our, our pod for, for tomorrow. Um, so if you're listening, you might be on the pod. Uh, but... Yeah, Tyrese, take it away, man. Uh, in the words of my father, Trinidadian man, like thirty years ago, what are you bomba caught this fucking coach doing? Um, let's get to start with the Q and A because uh, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, so yeah. Let's get in. Let's get into it. Uh, yeah, I mean, whoever wants to come up, bring him up. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? I respectfully disagree with everything that this guy has fucking said over the last ten minutes. We need more vets, less young guys, publicly backed Tibbs. He's doing a fantastic job. <laughs> we need more I was, of that. I was so more, mad when you just said that. When more Ty's Gibson that? touches. What are all these old guys doing sitting at the end of the end of the bench? They need to get in here and teach these young guys how to win, because God, we ain't one shit now who God knows how long. So somebody needs to get in here and teach these young bucks how to win. And Tibbs has been there. 
He's won some games. He's won playoff <laughs> series. We got to publicly back Tibbs. Kenny Payne Get him some guys that know how to win. And then we have to use those guys to win games. And maybe the young guys, sit the young guys down for a while. Let them watch. Let them learn how to win. More Taj Gibson post-ups. Up, post <laughs> sorts of things like that. Keep Julius in. He's a vet. He knows how to win. He's our best player last season. Continue to use him. That doesn't mean sit all the starters down, but Jesus Christ, man, these young guys look fucking terrible. They look fucking terrible. You let the old guys take over. Let them win some games. Let's get in the playoffs. And then let's see where we go from there. Let's see where we go from there. And Tibbs is the guy that can get it done. I still fully believe that oh, Tibbs man. can win a championship in this city. He can 100% win a championship in this city. He can do it. He can do it. All he needs is some good, gritty veteran players. And these young guys, they just don't know how to play basketball. I'm sorry. I don't know how else to break it to you, but they just kind of suck ass. They just kind of suck ass, man. I just watch them and I think, holy shit, what are you doing? I saw a stat, uh, like, I don't know who posted it. It might have been a couple of days ago or whatever. Um, and it was, like, Tibbs' record with when Derrick Rose is healthy is, like, insane. And when he's when Derrick Rose is not on his team, he's basically a 500 coach. I mean, it's, a, it's a pretty reductive point right. because, like, it's obviously not that or simple. I guess but, when I take the league MVP off the roster, I would probably be a pretty fucking shitty head coach, too. But I mean, hell, send me to Minnesota. I'll go sub 500. I mean, I'll go to a poverty franchise and lose a bunch of games. Like, this is not a poverty franchise. This is a franchise in the biggest media market in the world. We're supposed to be a free agent destination. We're supposed to be this just big mecca of basketball. And we have a coach who's won games in another big market. We have to supply him with the means that he needs to win games, and we have not done that. This is a shitty roster. It's got a lot of shitty players on it, and we need to go out and get the players that we need to win games so that we don't lose games in overtime to Oklahoma City and let Josh Giddy look like prime Russell Westbrook in the garden and give up 30 to a rookie. 30. Um. 23-8 and eight to Darius Baisley, by the way. That's not – and that's like the third most impressive performance that the worst – or the third worst team in the NBA had against our shitty asses. Yeah, I, I don't I, – are you – I don't know if you're being serious or not at this point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that OKC has talent, but – Oh, for fuck's sake, OKC has talent. <laughs> I mean, they got talent. They got young talent. You know, they they they, no, they 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 do have young talent. If you look at their record, they're not as bad as anybody thought. Um, but this is not a team. They're out. What SGA is out. And oh yeah, I completely yeah. forgot that their best player didn't play. SGA and Dover, our yeah. Robinson Earl. SGA and Dover. Uh, you, if you're trying, like the entire thing with Tibbs is he he wants to win. He's always trying to win games. First of all, I don't understand why this is like. A unique thing to Tibbs. Most coaches in uh, from uh, like what I've watched in the NBA try to win games. Uh, this is not unique to Tibbs, but uh, like if you're coaching like this and your minutes are allocated this way, then you have to. You there is no margin for. And There's no way <laughs> Taj Gibson should only be playing twelve minutes on this team. No, he should. Todd, Todd should probably just not be playing right now. He should I, probably I, be north of 20. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, maybe on a G League team or something. But oh, like, team. get the vets in, the gritty guys. He knows what Tibbs wants to see. I mean, we can keep running these young guys out here and losing, and then draft somebody else who's going to be bad because God knows we can't draft anybody. And then we'll continue to have a roster and not sign any free agents because nobody wants to play with shitty players. I mean, we can keep doing that over and over and over again, and then I hope that we eventually get our heads out of our asses. I mean, we can continue that route if we want to do that. It doesn't matter how many executives we fire. It's a consistent theme here. So change, something has to change instead of doing the same shitty old stupid stuff over and over and over again. Well put. I, I ain't got shit else to say, man. Like, I'm just so deflated. I want to lose, but I don't want to lose like fucking that. So. <laughs> I, I don't really give a shit about wins and losses. This is my entire thing. I don't care if they're winning or losing games anymore. But you want to be doing things that, like... Makes sense. Further, yeah, like, you, like, you're not exploring anything right now. You're doing the same shit over and over again that we know what it is. Like, the team ends up... Be, it's gonna be, like, a 30-win team. A 35-win team. Like, that's what it is if you coach like this. And maybe that's all it's gonna be if you started playing, you know, McBride more, or McBride at all, uh, quickly more, Obi more, whatever. You, you, maybe that's all it is. But, like, if you do that, and they're, if, if, all you're, if that's what it is with just those young guys, like, you're at least learning things about them. Like, what if, like, you didn't learn anything today. You're not, you're not even playing these groups of young guys together, really. Like, people want to give the, like, people want to, oh, Grimes is playing, wah, wah, that's, that shows, like, yeah, Grimes is playing. Guess what? Grimes wasn't playing, and the only reason he started playing is because we got an injury crisis, and he dropped 27 on the fucking Bucks. And Tibbs was like, well, I guess I can't really pull him now. Um, and and he's only starting right now because fucking R.J. Barrett's hurt. That's it. That's the only reason he's starting right now. As soon as R.J. Barrett comes back, I promise you Grimes is going to go back to the bench. He's going to be a 20-minute per night at most bench guy. He's not going to get more minutes than that because Tibbs is not going to deviate from RJ, like, his starters play a shit ton of minutes. That is it. That is, like, a non-negotiable for him. Um, like, Kemba Walker, he, I know he, this motherfucker hates Kemba Walker, but as soon as he's been back in the fucking starting lineup, he plays religiously at least 25, 20 minutes a night. Okay? He, today, he play, like, it's it's a guarantee he's going to start, starters will play at least 20 minutes a night, regardless of how shitty they are. He did this with fucking Keith Bogans in Chicago. He's, like, he does this everywhere he goes. He did it last year fucking Elton yeah, like, okay. I just, that, that is, it is what it is. So, uh, you know, like, at this point, if this is what he's going to do, it is on the front office to fucking sack up and, you know, like, it's time to fucking exercise your authority here because there's a hierarchy within an organization and you need to sit down with Tibbs and explain to him, we cannot have Cam Reddish playing six seconds and a half. We cannot punt quickly to the bench as soon as he misses two, three shots to start a game. We cannot sit Obi Toppin because you have no concept of, like, we can play Obi together. You cannot allow this shit to happen. Because what it does is it affects your long-term planning, your long-term decision-making with how you build out your roster. Like, you will make mistakes because Tibbs is leading you down this path. Um, like, I disagree. I think you publicly go in and back Tibbs. I don't think you go in and just call him incompetent and act like <laughs> this guy doesn't know what he's doing. I think you got to go in and encourage him and you know be like, hey, man, we got your back. 
And then you got to sack up and you got to play the veterans. If we could play the veterans over these next 10 games, I bet we can get to <laughs> seven and three in these next 10. And honestly, yeah. the scariest game on that on that 10 game stretch is the road game at Sacramento. That second game of a back to back. And you forget, if this guy thinks Oklahoma has talent, wait till he watches De'Aaron Fox and Demontis Sabonis. He might think he's watching Jordan. I mean, holy shit. But, I mean, no, I respectfully disagree. We have to back the coach, and we have to get some of these know-how-to-win. Nah, the time's passed for kids at this point because, like, they've already backed him throughout the first year of this deal. And, you know, he's got a reputation at this point. And, like, when you see the pattern of things starting to continue a certain way, you just got to address it and move on because, like, you can't let it linger for that long. And, I mean – all right, there's more people up in there. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot. Damn. So, no, no, I was saying thank you to Walker. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, hey, Kurt, what's going on, buddy? I just wanted to say, I think it's because I have been watching the games because it's not bad, but oh my god, Tibbs fucking sucks. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I legit, I legit turned the game off at halftime because I knew what was going to happen, so I went and just played video games. But it's like, you play. Why? I thought the whole fucking point of bringing Tibbs in was that we had one organizational village vision. That's the shit that's been pissing me off. Is it's like it feels like to do one thing. Leon wants something else. Who knows what World Wide West is doing? And Tibbs wants to fucking tank. Tibbs obviously wants to tank because that's why he's putting out the worst lineups. So I think we need to be respectful of the fact that Tibbs is the tank commander. Um. I, I I I don't I don't even know, man. I so like I've one thing uh, I think that's pretty interesting is like over the last week or two, been a lot of leaks, uh, which is not in line with how things have been operating largely since Leon came in. Um, I thought Berman Berman had a piece today about what was it? I think it might have been the he had like a few pieces that came out today, but he had one where he mentioned that. Uh, Scott Perry wanted DeRozan and World Wide West didn't want him and World Wide West is like the chief strategist or whatever the fuck is it. But I just thought that was interesting because I don't really believe anything that Berman says but what that tells me is that Scott Perry is definitely fucking talking to Mark Berman because who, I'm sorry, I don't I don't buy this, I mean I do buy that 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 Scott Perry definitely wanted DeRozan, but um, how else would he know that information? Exactly, like, and there's also what, there was also, I don't know if it's verified and I saw I was just getting dinner but there was that thing about Aller wanting to trip looking into trading Mitch. And then there was the report about fucking uh, Tibbs wanting Goran Dragic. So it's like, what the fuck is happening? I've, I thought the whole point of bringing this unit in was that there would be organizational cohesion. And it's like, why the fuck would you... Granted, that Charlotte pick is not going to be good. It never was going to be good. It was a bullshit thing. We should have just drafted a shitty player. But it's like, we, we flipped that pick, 19 in this draft for Cam Reddish. Fucking play him. Yeah, and, and like, I don't think he's that good. I think he's going to be a bench three for us. I'd like to see Cam Reddish at the four. Fuck, I'd like to see anybody at the four except Julius Randle playing 50 minutes a night because people think that Julius Randle on his 50th minute a night not being a good player is a sign that he's a bad player. No, he's a great player. He's being asked to do too much. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, I, I think um, <laughs> the Reddish thing, I, I don't even understand, like, People are like, well, that made his like. It's really hard for Tibbs because they brought in a guy that needs minutes without clearing a rotation spot, and it's like, so we can't bring in 
like if the front office thinks there's an opportunity to bring in somebody with talent that can potentially upgrade the roster, we have to trade rotation players to do that. Like, how does that make any sense? Like, I, I just like why is it that Cam Reddish can be benched, even though he is a rotation player in Tibbs' mind? He can be benched, but Alec Burks cannot be benched. Like, this is aspect. Kemba Walker got benched earlier this year, but now he has to start. Like, I don't understand any of this stuff. I think, like, you know, the front office obviously needs to, again, exercise their authority here and get shit. Uh, there's no way Worldwide... Worldwide West was like, what, he, this guy was, like, banging his chest fucking half-naked for them to draft Emmanuel quickly or whatever? Like, do you really think he's watching? Because this motherfucker goes to every single game, and he sits yeah. in the front row, and he watches every fucking second of this game. Do you really think this motherfucker's watching these games right now and is like, 100% on board with tips. I will... I got a bridge to sign. Johnny, Johnny Bryant's the coach by 23. That's that's my bet. I mean, you, you'll get minus odds on that shit because it's going to happen. But but I think... One more piece and then I'll get out of your head and let someone else talk. Like, I think people gave the front office too much shit this trade deadline because of contract, the Evan contract and the Noel contract. What was... The one thing we said when we found out about the team option on the third year is we said there were going to be very tradable contracts next year we didn't ex- i don't i don't think we expected the season to go the way it and need to fucking sell off pieces so i i mean yes you can say that but like it was a reward for a good season fuck we didn't expect the, the rookies we drafted to be better than these fucking guys we have nothing to fucking do with them next year they're incredibly tradable assets they'll be incredibly tradable on a fucking sign and trade when we go get fucking bunsen or colin sexton they're still valuable pieces now it looks like a failure because we're playing bad. Still think they're good pieces. And then first time, long time, I'll get out of your head. Well, I think I think to your point, um, and thanks for all that. Uh, I think the, to your point, like if you look at all the trades that were made at this deadline, like I mean, just using one, um, like CJ McCollum, right? If you want to just look at him as as an example, I do think the Knicks were genuinely interested in him. I think if the same if if this played out, but next year we could have easily made a competitive offer for him because we would have the expiring salary to give up for him. Because all Portland wanted to do was clear fucking salary in that, in that trade. Then they got a well, protected first and a second. Like they didn't yes. get incredible all necessarily. So they, they, got, think, they got a lot of first. They got a lot of first though. Pelicans might make the play in. Who the fuck knows? But I, I think, anyway, I think it's like, it has a weird protection, right? It's like, one yeah, it's to, like one, it's a five to 14. Um, yeah. Portland gets it. So not Portland. Um, yeah. yeah. Portland gets it. So if it doesn't jump, basically they'll get the pick. Um, so, like, I mean, whatever. My point being is, like, you can make that type of trade probably next off next next trade deadline. Or, like, Derek White. Uh, you know, the Celtics traded basically expiring salary for him, I think, right? Um, uh, no, they traded Josh. Just, oh, Josh. Uh, so, he has a contract next year. Yeah. The weird thing with that, though, is they also made it only top four protected. I don't think... I like Derek White. I actually... I, I had posited in our discord like a couple of weeks ago that maybe we could trade for him um but i don't think it would make sense for the knicks a game and a, with two games out of the plan uh out of the 10th seed like so you're in danger i mean you're probably going to be a lottery team uh i don't think it makes sense to trade a pick of that value for Derek white but i mean people can disagree with that my point being is i just i agree like i do think that these trades are easier to make next year i also think it's crazy that we are annoyed. Like, I think if they wanted to just dump her, I'm almost positive they can. They, they could have. Um, I think a report came out today, like, on the athletic today that, like, the deal fell through with the Lakers, Raptors, and the Knicks because, like, first from Toronto for Burks. 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's they definitely could have moved him for uh, whatever minimal stuff or just an expiring contract or whatever if they wanted it. But I think the bigger point here, and what's more concerning, and this is another reason why I just think you got to find. I I think it's time for tips to go. Um, we're talking now about like you have to make organizational decisions to take away players of utility from Tibbs to clear pathways for other players of utility so that he doesn't, so that he'll actually play them. Like that is insane. That that makes no sense. You should not have to game plan around a coach to the degree. And if you do, you're talking about the reports of like how he favors like guys like um, Burks over others. And that's why he won't like play other people and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, not, I mean, we just, we see it every night. Yeah, we see it. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, like he clearly like if you have to do stuff like that, then it's ridiculous. The conversation you're having isn't like the conversation should not be just like why didn't they click? Yeah, I I actually think they should have just bit the bullet and moved Burks for whatever the fuck. Um, but like to me, that's that's that is only one element of the entire thing. I think a, a like a bigger issue is the fact that. This is the conversation we're having, and let's be real. The reason we're ha- we view Burks like this is because of fucking Tibbs. Because Tibbs went to this point Burks thing, and now he like refuses to get off of it. So I don't know. Like it's it, to me, it's just crazy that like this is kind of the way we have to operate now. Because like, look, I'm not. I've never been the biggest. I was not the biggest Cam Reddish fan pre-draft. I've not. I've not been the biggest Cam Reddish fan since I've been in the NBA. But like, I do think it's a worthwhile gamble for a. A first that was never going to be a lottery pick. Like, tall wings that can move the way he does, those guys do not grow on trees. Like, you, like you should be willing to risk to take a chance at times. Um, and whenever you want to think about Cam Reddish, is he scam Reddish, as you like to say, Sam? Um, you know, like, if... Like, th- these are the types of development bets that I think are, are good gambles. Uh, for a team... That quite frankly uh, needs more talent. It needs more guys that that can pop. Um, and you know, whatever you think about how Cam has played so far in New York, I will say I've been encouraged from what little we've seen. Uh, defensively, he's definitely a little bit all over the place. But like offensively, I'm a lot more impressed with his decision making than I thought I'd be. Um, like I, I, I really can see like why he isn't settling for those bad mid-range shots, which is encouraging to see. I'll say that he's also moved the ball more quickly than I thought he would because this turnover ratio in Atlanta was not good. But I'm thinking maybe like that's just a function of the tray too much. Well, that and also like the tray offense that they run, which is just tray do shit around here. Yeah, so I don't know. Like actually, been a look like. I'm a lot more optimistic about him than I was when we made the trade. Um, and like, yeah, I mean, like, look, he does stuff like you, you just watch him. He's split like defenders, like coming off a dri- dribble handoff. He's split that coverage two or three times already in his time in New York. I don't think anybody else in this team other than Derek Rose, who's not playing right now has ever done that. I don't think Evan Fournier, Evan Fournier definitely cannot do that. Huh? As he ever did. RJ Barrett, uh, his, his, he can get to the rim, but he he bulls his way there. He's not splitting defenders coming off a DHO like that. Uh, like the stuff that Cam can do at his size, it is enticing, and I understand why they took a gamble on him. But like, at some point, you know, if Tibbs is not willing to take some lumps to get the reward at the end with him, um, and, and I mean, like, 
it'd be one thing if we were 33 and 25, right? That's different. But you're 25 and 33. You got the second hardest schedule in the league left. Um, you're probably not going to make the playoffs. Like, you know, I, I just, I, I don't understand why you would not want to see more of Cam based on what we've seen of him so far. Um, and, and I would say, and the last thing, I'll, or not the last thing, because I'm probably going to talk for like another 78 hours. Um, but the other thing too is one of the main things, and I, I've even said this early in the year, it was really hard for me to just like, to think that Tibbs was the biggest problem team with Julius playing the way he was. And Julius has now played seven games in a row where I think he's basically been good. Has he been perfect? No. Has he made mistakes? Absolutely. But I think he's been good for about seven games now. Really good. We're one in six in those games. We've blown four double-digit leads in the second half of those games. Um, like, what is the excuse? And the excuse is, oh, well, the bench is playing bad. I'm sorry. You, you don't get that one. No way. You don't get that fucking excuse. Because, because the same motherfuckers were sitting here all season defending Tibbs starting the fucking the, that same bullshit group he did while the bench was outplaying them. So you cannot have it both ways. You can't say, oh, well, you know, what can you do when Julius is playing bad? And now it's, oh, well, the bench is playing bad. Like, no, that's bullshit. That's a cop-out. And if he's just at the whims of player performance, then that's a, that's a, that's a, a, a red flag in and of itself. That means that what you're saying is he cannot, he cannot influence his player's level of play. Like, that, that's essentially what you're saying. And if that's the case, then you, then move on. You can do better than that. You know, like, you should be aiming for better than that. Like, mere competence should not be the standard. And coaching stability is the most overrated fucking concept in all of professional sports. Front office stability matters. Coaching stability, much less. Uh, the moment we have been waiting for since September is finally here. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets. If your team wins, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code TBPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Tw must be 21 and plus. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full list of requirements. I have to read this. Shut up. So for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the TN red line. 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. All right. Now, back to the margins. 
And with that, we go to our speaker. We have a speaker over here, right, Tyrese? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. I'm always, he, he was just going. I had to let him go real quick. Let it out. Let it out. Let it out. What's up? Uh, What's up? How you doing? Uh, listen, I'm I'm a, I'm a hundred percent with you, man. It, it, nothing really makes any sense. But with, his logic doesn't make any sense. He wants to play Randall 38, 39 minutes a game. Obi, if Obi makes like a semi half missed rotation, Randall's coming back in the game quickly. Quickly's been playing bad, but listen, he, he needs to keep playing. I I understand that. I understand the logic with that. The Cam Reddish trade. If you're gonna trade first for him, you need him, you need him to play. And they, they, they failed. I know they didn't give up Burks. I know Brock Aller, he wants to get um, assets because that's what his, his, his calling is. But honestly, he's not going to play once Rose comes back. Because you think if you think Thibodeau is going to rest Rose, then, like he said, I got a bridge to sell you. He's not going to rest Rose. Kemba's probably going to come out of the rotation. Then you still have RJ. You still have Grimes. You still have Quickly. You still have Toppin. And you still have Taj off the bench when Nerlens comes back. So Reddish is not going to probably play it once these guys all the full rotation is back. So that logic doesn't make any sense. And his, the, my favorite play, my favorite play call is when Burks comes in. It's a Burks and Ta- Taj Gibson pick and roll because that's when you really can develop the youth. When you watch a 32-year-old point, not not a point guard, but a 32-year-old and a 47-year-old center who's six foot six, and you just continuously let them run pick and roll because that's innovative offensive. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, one hundred percent agree with everything you just said. So, like, like, come on, man. The logic doesn't make any sense. Like, what are you, what are you aiming for? What are you aiming for? Thirty six wins and losing in the playing <laughs> game. What do you get out of that? Like, what do you get out of that? Like, I don't understand. For what? So, like, cause, cause you love Burks and you. First of all, Fournier, he hits shots, but I can't watch Fournier on defense. He's a disaster. I can't. He fights. Like, I know he he fights. He doesn't have the athletic frame. The lateral quickness and stuff like that, but I just can't. He just he has no, like you don't feel him on defense. Like it's like he's like a shadow. Yeah, yeah. You don't feel yeah. him at all. Like you know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't. He's, he's, he's six threat. seven, but he looks he, like defends like he's. It feels like he's six one. I swear to God, I was watching. <laughs> I forgot, I forgot, who was who they playing last? Last game, I forgot. I literally forgot who they playing. Uh shit! Oh, Portland. Portland. Who was it? Who who was just laying him left and right? He was just going up his chest every play, and I'm like, Josh Hart. Even, say that again. Josh Hart. Oh well, Josh Hart's strong, but still, yeah. you get my, you get the logic, like you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm it's, it's it's I I can't man. Like I wish I could go on for another 15 hours with you because I can't. It's it's, it's <laughs> fucking terrible, dude. I swear to God, I I know who's coming in on the exact moment. I know who's coming out the exact moment. Burks is the first sub. Then it's quickly. Then Toppin Toppin usually comes in when it's like six and a half seconds left in the first quarter, just to give Julius you know a little break. <laughs> It's like, bro, it, it's 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 insane. I hate, I find it. He honestly, if it was up to me, end of the year, I, I, I you have to let him go because this is. It's honestly, it's coaching malpractice. And the one, the one thing with Tibbs is too is he he does more with less and less. With yeah. Last season, it was very simplified offense. You know what I'm saying? They had their roles. They had their guys set. Everybody pretty much knew their role. They got they got creative this year. They got guys that can shoot off the dribble, that can catch, make plays off the triple threat, and. They still now. Their their offense is like they do not run no high. I mean, I know Kemba sucks. We, we know Kemba sucks, but at least put him in the double high pick and roll. They run one a game. Julius Randle put him in a high pick and roll. They run. They don't run that. Like you, tonight, they ran a couple plays like that. Other than Obi Toppin, he came into the draft as a running big. <laughs> How many pick and rolls does he run? Like, come on, man. It's not rocket science, man. I'm laying on my couch watching. Like, it's not that hard, Tibbs. Come on, man. 
He ran one today with quickly and he got a layup out of it. Yes, he did. He literally got Thibodeau seen that. He's like, if we run that play again, I'm both of you guys getting out of the game. So that's why they started running. It, that, it was, it's, uh, you know, you bring up, you bring up a lot of good points. Um, yeah, the, the, the one about, like, the OB stuff, I, I really don't understand it at all. Especially because to start, so I was actually watching, you know, you talked about the double, double screens, the double drag pick and roll they can run early in the clock. Yeah. If you, I was actually, I don't remember how I came across this, uh, but I was like looking at, some thread, I want to say it was maybe Benji or Ariel who put it out, but it was from the first game of the year. They ran the set with Rose where Mitch and Obi set the screen and Mitch rolls middle and then Obi kind of like veers around and rolls the other side. Yeah. And he got a lob dunk out of it. Um, and it like, yeah, 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 it was good. Yeah. I that and, and so, like, look, obviously, quickly is he's in his own head right now. Um, he can't make a shot. And he's not Derrick Rose. He even at his best, he's not. He's a different player. Um, like they don't have Derrick Rose. But like, there's no reason you can't run that fucking set. And I swear, I have not seen that no, set yeah. since 100%. that. Game. And, and so, and just in general, like, like so, he wants us to play faster, and we have been playing faster lately. So that's cool. But like, all of the pace, like all of it, comes from individuals pushing the ball up the floor and making a play. There's very little like play design early clock to generate looks like you watch other like it's so easy to just set drag screens in transition to free up the ball handler or like or you know have guys sprint to the corners so that the floor like there's just some stuff that i watch and i'm like i just don't feel like there's much tactical instruction going on no really offense besides like literally just telling the guys like push the ball up the floor push the ball up the floor and then in crunch time like look at some point you can't just keep telling me, well, they're slowing down because it's on them, it's not on the coach, you can't do anything. He's the one choosing to play Burks at point down the stretch of all these games. And Burks just is not going to push the ball up the floor. We have so much evidence oh, of this, yeah. it's not even worth debating. Like, it's a fucking fact. So, yeah. um, if choice, it, it, it flies in the face of his larger instruction, which is he wants us to play fast. And, you know, I just, it's just really hard for me to watch the season. And you look, you said, the end of the season. I mean, I'm not joking. Uh, tonight, right now. Tonight, no, yeah, no, no, no. I, I agree with you. I 100% <laughs> agree with you. It's just I just don't think this is the way, that's the way this front office is going to make. The, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm oh, being, yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. Guy. Yeah, I'm being realistic. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, look, I, if they find him at the end of the year, cool. But I mean, the thing is I for me right now because I, 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 I still think the, the rest I honestly, of the season needs to be played out by the young guys, and this is just simply not going to do that. No, I hundred, I hundred, I, I a thousand percent agree with you. That's why when I'm watching the game, I'm pulling my hair out watching it because I know what's <laughs> gonna happen and I know the end result. And it's like this is the same thing every game, like change a little. But the thing is, too, I think what they're gonna do with Tibbs is I think they're gonna give him another shot next year with an upgraded roster with whoever, like Jalen Brunson, who are getting a signing trade. I think they'll go halfway through the season and they're probably not gonna, they're probably gonna be the same thing as like in the middle, and then they'll finally, you know, be like, listen, it's three years with this guy. It's all about the, the narrative too, like you know what I mean. These guys all worry about the narrative as well. I, I, that's how I feel, at least. I, I feel like they're gonna. They, that's the you know. First of all, if Frank Isola finds out they fire Tibbs, <laughs> who knows what's gonna happen? So yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, uh, th- thanks for that. That was that was great. Um, yeah, I'm out of here, guys. I gotta go to sleep. I'll see you guys. I'll see you guys <laughs> the next game. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Later. Um, later. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I, I do want to bring. I want to. I bring. I want to bring to everyone's attention up on the top. Um, what Tom Thibodeau said about the <laughs> the timeout. 
with 39 <laughs> seconds left. He said he lost his train of thought, thought they could challenge again. That was my fault. I screwed that up. So, uh, I don't even know what to say about that. That's so bananas, man. That's like, <laughs> it, it's so dumb, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just got to laugh at it at this point. Like, it's so dumb, that's funny. Like, <laughs> I thought I challenged again. Like, oh. did he forget the challenge rules halfway through the game? Like, that happens, like, sometimes in the NFL, where, like, these coaches will, like, forget the challenge rules for a second. Like, they still do that shit with turnovers, you know? Like, the coach will be like, oh, I want to challenge it. It's like, motherfucker, we, that shit automatically gets reviewed anyway. But, like, yeah, I mean, this is, this is so much worse because it's like the NBA one is so basic, right? It's literally just, you get one challenge. That's yeah. it. There's no, there, that is it. There's nothing else to it. If you win, if you win, you don't get it back. If you, like, that's it. You get one challenge, either it's successful or not, and that's it. Um, yeah, I guess. It's not, it's not like the challenge was like in the first quarter or something. It was literally the play before. It was literally one minute before in like real time. Like, what? Oh my. I guess it just hurts my brain. Tibbs is on our <laughs> side. He's on Team Tank. I'm telling y'all. Tibbs is that, on Team that, Tank. That's why, I'm, uh, that's why I'm fine letting him play out the season. Because <laughs> Bro, we're going to we're gonna we're draft like Jaden Ivey or AJ Griffin, and then Tibbs is going to have him like backing up. They're going to have him backing up out. He's going to third string. No, he's going to be like third string. Tibbs going out like, after the last game, like after we get blown up by the Raptors, he's gone. <laughs> like, he's gone. <laughs> Let just let him finish out the season because I want Jaden Ivy. Because if we play the young guys, the young guys are gonna do well because at least they play with energy. Very like, true. Very true. I, like I want the young guys to play, but I want to slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta wait there. You gotta wait. <laughs> But, yeah. um, I think we got a speaker up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I just wanted to say, uh, I didn't watch the game tonight. I actually watched a good basketball team win a game, which was fun in person. But we're going to leave that alone. Um, <laughs> no one cares about VT. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, don't be mad. My, my basketball teams win, okay? <laughs> Anyways, um, no, uh, this team... Is like uh, all right. It's, this season, like in the grand scheme of things, is it really that important? Probably not. But like, when you're building something from the ground up, which this regime like claims to 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 be doing, like since they've since they've uh, gotten gotten the positions of power that they have, like there just needs to be a more like a clear, like a, a crystal clear, um, like ideology and and like from. From a like a talent acquisition standpoint, I think they've done a good job. Like, obviously through the draft and the res trade and all this other stuff. Like, they, they clearly understand that like this team needs our like they, they need that RJ Barrett needs certain players um to to create a good context around him where you can win with he when 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 he's like at his at his best and that's how you optimize. You know, like a guy who can defend the point of attack and get to the rim at point guard. Uh, a guy who can roll to the rim really hard in Mitchell Robinson. Like, I think that's going to be very useful in a couple of years. But, like, right now, um, we don't need, like, Evan Fournier played, like, 45 minutes tonight. And, he, like, he scored a lot of points. Yeah, that was insane. That was fucking insane. <sighs> like, this is a maniac dog. No, no, he's a, he's a psychopath, right? He's a complete psychopath. 
And he thinks he's like a tryhard because he plays like these veterans a lot of minutes. But like in the grand scheme of things, are they are they really like better than like okay, we don't we don't know who Deuce McBride truly is as a player yet. Deuce. He's gonna, yeah, right. Like I I, I don't like, go. Bro, it's it's crazy. Well, There's like a, to the the deuce thing is actually look, this is what we know. We know that Grimes was probably ready to play from day one. He did not get a chance. No, he definitely was. He definitely was. And, and he didn't get a chance until injuries forced Tibbs' hand. So, like, I'm not giving Tibbs credit for, like, oh, like, he recognized Grimes. Like, no, no. Injuries forced his hand, and Grimes balled out, and to the point that if Tibbs had benched him after that, he would have probably been fucking, like, drawn in order. Yeah. Yeah. It like, would have been ridiculous. So, that's crazy. But the, the Deuce thing is interesting because I think what he did with him. Is like it's as bad as anything he's done with any other player, any other young player on this roster. Completely this agree. Kid, this kid played really well. Oh, he checked Curry in the basketball game yeah. as a rookie. Like he credibly checked him in that basketball game. Yeah, for, for the two games he played really well against Golden State and Houston, and then and then he he pulled like then he had he got COVID, so he's had health and safety protocols. He comes back, and when he's back, he's out of the rotation. But then he starts him against OKC because we're super short-handed. Bro, that was so instead of oh, Instead of God. just starting quickly. The joke. And I think he, like, nuked both of their confidences then. Because, like, what he, yep. did, with, what he did with Deuce then was pulled him from the game. And he basically, like, he and just we never him saw him again. Oh, we never saw him again. We saw him, like, once, I think, maybe against Detroit. In the, in the, in the blowout. It was, it, yeah. it was, it was, they still didn't have him back in that game. It was the Raptors game. Where yeah. we, we, started, we started Deuce. And we put him on Fred Van Vliet, who was, like, on literal fire. Like, that five-game stretch. And we started uh, Deuce. And he missed, like, two defensive coverages. Then Deuce, like, didn't he was play. gone. God forbid, like, bro. Didn't play God, God forbid like, a young player messes up an off rotation. Yeah, I just, it's just like, I don't really understand it because I'm sitting here watching Kemba every fucking game. Every single game. You can watch this smiling motherfucker. Every single time he's on the weak side of the floor with the corner shooter, he tags down to the rim. Like he's gonna affect anything down there, and they and he gives up a wide open corner three. He does this multiple times every fucking game. Consistency, yeah. It's it is ridiculous, and I'm like, like that to me is not really like an unforgivable error. Like it's it's a it's a a bad tendency he has, right? But like if that was to the point, if that was Deuce, he would be pulled from the game immediately. He would get pulled. And so, like, that is where this whole, like, accountability and all this fucking bullshit, it, it is bullshit. Like, it is bullshit because, to me, it's like, he only wants to hold players accountable that he doesn't think will, like, there's no, if you hold quickly accountable, other than us, psychos that, like, watch every single Knicks game, like, the media is not going to kill him for that. Nope. The team, like, there's not going to be veterans in the locker room that are unhappy about it, right? right like, especially because of the draft position. Yep. Right. Yeah, it's it's not like a political thing. He's a late like, first round pick. It doesn't matter to, to yeah. anybody, really. It doesn't matter if it's fucking Obi apparently either. But anyway, <laughs> uh, like, like my point is, like, with Kemba, I mean, there were a lot of reports after that happened when he pulled him from the starting lineup that like it didn't go down super long in the locker room. And was so distraught. Yeah, and and, and I think like. I don't, first of all, I kind of think that's just bullshit. Like, I, I think they just were losing games. Um, 
And I don't think that really had to do anything with Kemba. It was more about starting Burke and whatever. I don't want to get into that again. Um, but like, if you, I mean, if you, you already pulled him from the lineup once. So clearly you don't think he's good. Like, that's very, very obvious. Like, he doesn't think Kemba's good. And quite frankly, that's probably one of the few, like, player evals he's made this year that is about right. Like, that, yeah, that's about right. Um, but, like, so then why is he now starting and playing 20 minutes, even though you we know that you don't think he's good? Like, everybody knows this. The only reason is because that probably burned some bridges for him in the locker room, and he's worried about getting through the year. And it's just cowardly, like... Like, look, I don't. Is Frank Vogel a perfect coach? No, he's not. Okay, but like, he literally is benching Russell Westbrook. Right Much now. better than and, Tibbs. Yeah, Much and Russell Westbrook is. Yeah, he. I, I agree. Like, look, Frank Vogel is has very similar defensive principles and uh, natural kind of tendencies to Tibbs. But sure. this guy, this guy benched Russell Westbrook. Okay, he has routinely gone to LeBron at the five this year. He switches defensive schemes in game. Um if you watch our game against the Lakers, they switched everything in the second half. And that totally fucked us up. And that's not what he likes to do, but he did it because they needed to change something. And like this is really what drives me nuts about Tibbs is like he is not willing to change anything. Yep. So you need to get players that are perfect for the exact role that he has in mind for his system. And like this is not the NFL, bro. Like I'm sorry, like like in the NFL, you can convince me that a like there should be a lot of credence given to, um, you know, getting the right type of system players for a coach. This is not the NFL. Yeah. Like the NBA is about fucking talent, bro. Like that's what it's about. It's about talent and then figuring out how to deploy the talent. Like I, like this guy is failing so bad at that this year because the roster is not made up of just like try hard mediocre talented players who will do everything exactly the way he wants and buy into like limited roles. Like he would like, I don't care what people say, man. Like is Fournier a winning player. Well, I don't no. know. I don't know if he's a winning no, he's player. Not. Okay. But like Reggie Bullock is not some amazing winning player either. Okay. He was, he's a solid defensive dude who hits threes at a reasonable clip. Okay. That's what he is. And that's good. He's a value. Like that can be a rotation player in the NBA as it was last year, as it is this year. That's not nothing. But, like, if you literally, like, you can't be a coach and have Fournier and be like, well, why isn't he Reggie Bullock? Like, that's such a stupid way of approaching the the transition. Like, Reggie Bullock, like, Evan Fournier has strengths that Reggie Bullock doesn't have. Reggie Bullock has strengths Evan Fournier doesn't have. So you cannot draw up a role and have and be and expect the same things from them. That's just asinine. And you saw it today. This fucking guy literally started the game. By having Fournier defend Josh Giddy at the point of attack, he's like, trying I could to not like force that. square pegs into like circle holes so right. badly, and it's just like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. I got I got one more point. I just want yep. to say like, Sean was talking about it for a while there, but there's just a constant and consistent theme of rigidity, right? Like, regardless of what you're looking at when it comes to tips, whether it comes to rotations, whether it comes to his idealized role for certain players, um. Whether, like, just a game planning thing. Like, bro, there was, like, a solid 15 to 20 game stretch where it was, like, pretty clear. Even, like, personnel aside, there was just not enough of a concerted effort from the coaching staff to get players going to the rim. Like, it was a joke, okay? Barrett wasn't going to the rim enough. 
for a player of his physical gifts, of his um, of his play style. Julius Randle, there was a 40-game stretch, bro. There was literally 40 games where this coaching staff, one, didn't make it easy for him to obviously play like a jackass. But, like, I'm sorry, bro. There's just, just not enough. It's not enough from the staff this year. Like, the, the staff has failed objectively. I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, um, so I, I actually have a few thoughts on this. But, like, we know at the start of the year, if you look at everything they said preseason, how they played in preseason, all this shit, um, that they wanted to push the pace, right? Like, that was yeah. something that they talked about in preseason. Now, they did that a decent amount for, like, the first probably, like, 10 games, maybe. And then if you watch, they go back and look at it. They, like, the handbrake came out. And everything ground to a halt. Because why? Because the defense was poor, especially in transition. Right? Like, I think we all talked about this a bunch at the start of the year, how bad some of the transition defense was. Um, yeah. And in particular, like, let's, let's be real, in particular, it was Fournier, it was Kemba, and it was probably Julius, because Julius was doing whatever the fuck Julius was doing for the first 45 games of the year. Um, but, like, his pivot then was to dial it all back and play at the slowest pace in the NBA. The Knicks were the slowest team in the NBA uh, before this West, before that West Coast trip, I'm pretty sure. Um, they were slower than they played last year. And what I think is interesting is they've all of a sudden now gone back to we want to play fast. So I think there's probably... I, I, I struggle to think that everybody on the coaching staff is on board with the tactical instructions. Of probably right about that. Yeah. Like, I have a really hard time believing Johnny Bryan, who came from Utah with, like, you know, was under Quinn Snyder and has developed all these guards and shit. I have a very hard time believing that this is how he would deploy the exact same roster, both in terms of rotations and in terms of, like, schematically how he would do things. Um, and, like, you know, we won't know that. We don't know that for sure, obviously. But, like, if you look at Cleveland, uh, when they had Blatt and they had Lou, Blatt, I actually think, would, did a fine job. Uh, he obviously didn't get along with LeBron, and there was weird stuff going on. But, like, the way Blatt coached that team was completely different than how Ty Lue coached that team, even though Ty Lue was on the staff with him. So, like, a lot of times, I know, to, again, to this point, Ty Lue was on the same coaching staff as Tibbs in Boston. So, like, just could like, I, I know that wasn't, like, your entire point, um, but, like, I think it is important to note that, like, you can be part of a a staff that's failing. Um, have separate ideas, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think, like, that, but, like, that entire pace thing, it does, fe- it really feels to me like somebody else is the driving kind of, like, I, like, somebody else is driving that idea. And that's why at the end of games, when you kind of have to, like, be a little bit more uh, tactical. Because, you know, the first three quarters of a game, there's a lot of just, like, flow to a game, right? So, like, I think what you see, though, in the fourth quarters is Tibbs revert to his preference, what he wants to do at the end of games. Um, And he basically just turns into, like, fucking Marty Schoenheimer. He just wants to run the ball fucking 15 times in a row. You know, he turns into fucking Kyle Shanahan, uh, you know, in the Super Bowl. Just fucking run the same vanilla bullshit and blow your lead. Like, he's done this now consistently during the stretch and that is despite clear and obvious evidence that the team plays better uh when they get the ball to the floor with more pace and you know some of that is also because he has no clue how to manage a rotation beyond like well i'll play the good players more or the players he thinks are good anyway 
Um, and like today, the Julius thing was fucking insane, man. He brought him back in with ten thirty left in the second quarter. He sat at like one thirty. It would left in the third quarter. So this guy barely sat, and you could see it in the fourth quarter. He had nothing. He had nothing left. He, you saw at the end of the first half, man. Julius was like running out of gas. It, the way Tins is coaching this year, I, I have, you know, I, t- Randall can get a lot of blame for a lot of stuff this year, and he deserves um, a lot of the criticism he's faced. I don't think that's much of it's been yeah. out of bounds, but like recent stretch, I mean, I, I don't know what it's like, but I can't imagine being Julius Randall. And for two years in a row, your coach is paired with the worst point guard option maybe on your roster consistently. Like, it's either Kemba or it's Burks. It's only Alfred last year. Like, this is such a shitty way of... I, I just don't know what it does to him. Like, I, I'm not, I, don't, I don't think, like, all of his struggles here because of Tibbs, like, doing this shit. But, like, I mean, it's hard to to get up for shit when you know that, like, you're not really being put in a position to succeed and actually being put in a position to fail. Yeah, and I think the the part, like, what makes no sense to me is Alfred, right? Last year, the whole appeal with him was he could get to the rim and, like, he was a pseudo-big and uh, imposing, pseudo-imposing point-of-attack defender, right? Like, that was the vision, okay? Right? So, yep. we've seen flashes from McBride this year, again, in, in minimal minutes, like, that this guy one is very clearly a plus on ball defender. Okay, this guy is a menace. Like, God forbid, I I, I don't even want to look at what Evan Fournier does. Like when McBride's on him in practice, that must be hell. Like, I'm sorry, Bruce McBride is more. Is, looks oh, his profile looks like he is more conducive to winning. Even now, when he's very clearly raw and doesn't have a good uh, understanding of nuances of the position, like a, a veteran like Kemba does. But, like, there's certain things that Kemba will never be able to do on a basketball court that Deuce McBride already does right now, okay? And Deuce McBride is, like, never. Like, is, is Kemba Walker ever going to, like, make bigs? Like, bigs are just not – they just don't enjoy screening Deuce McBride because his elbow is just going to, like, jam into their, their hip. And they're just yeah, not he's, a, he's a football player. Yeah, no, he literally is. He's a, he's, a, he's a safety. He's a box safety playing point guard in the NFL. And I'm sorry, but this guy needs to play. It's a joke. He's averaging like a thirty-point triple double in the G League. Just play the guy. Yeah, Prez talked about this uh, on our pod last week, but he was basically saying like, if you talk to people that actually follow the G League and stuff, and you ask them, you know, who are the best guards, who are the best players, like, like every single one will say Deuce because he's like killing it down there. Uh, and actually, it was really funny. But your point about like there are things Kemba just can't do anymore. I have a timeout in the third quarter today. Um. Grimes bring the ball up the floor because I don't think they want it. Like Kemba was struggling with ball pressure from whoever it was, Giddy or fucking one of these guys. Josh, but, he was struggling with ball pressure from Josh. I, I don't remember. I, I just thought it was very interesting because it was out of a timeout and Grimes brought it up. And then as soon as he crossed off court, he gave it to Kemba, who then like initiated the offense. But it was just like a very, I mean, we've seen like there was a game a couple, a couple games ago, was it the, the Denver game where Tibbs was literally yelling at him to like dribble better? Yeah. And like the announcers were like, yeah. So Kemba, I Brendan, what was it, Brendan Brown? But he was like trying to be nice, and he was just like, yeah, Kemba's really struggling to. No, he, uh, he doesn't have that same uh, change of direction. Yeah, yeah he, he doesn't have the lateral. His knees are cooked, man. Like you, you can see, he doesn't have that same lateral agility now. It's um, a shame. It's a shame. I actually like Kemba as a person, and like I don't know, he's uh obviously like cares, but like it's just not. It's. it's He's a shell of a shell of himself. Like he's like Ben Roethlisberger under center right now. Like that's what it is. It's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. 
He's he's not even what he was last year. Um, which sucks. No, but like, like his, his like nerd stats, his nerd stat profile uh, from the B ball index that I looked at this summer. No, like he was he was like a very like elite pull up shooter last year, and he's not even that this year. So no. yeah, you're right. Sucks. Sucks. Yeah, he's completely cooked. Sadly, it's a shame. Yeah. Thank Commander Kemba. All right. Get the fuck out of here, Julian. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks, Julian. All right. Who we got next? What's up? How's it going? Yeah, I felt that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was that was a brutal, brutal game. Goose, you there? That was an excellent game for the tank, though. Like, man, Jaden it was a good... We bring a Jaden Ivey home. Man, like, how do you out-tank OKC? That is, like, chef's I know, I don't press you as... I was like, <laughs> there should be a medal for that. <laughs> I don't, I don't think he was in hell watching that. They were missing free throws on purpose, like, just we'll giving... Bro, they game. literally handed us the ball at the end of the game. Handed it to us. And we still went to overtime with them, and we still lost. God bless. Tom I know Thibodeau. they are pissed. God bless Tom Thibodeau for what he did for this team. <laughs> he uh, he knew he knew the fucking he knew the fucking goal, and I appreciate him for doing that. Um, when we get Jaden Ivey, we'll uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Get Brent here. Oh shit. What up, Brent? Is he is he up there? Oh, there he is. He, yeah, he should be. Should be. Um, yeah, anybody that wants to come up, just, uh, you know, put your hand up and Tyrese will get you up here. Not you, dog. No pressure, Tyrese. Yeah. Brett. He's nope. not showing up a speaker for me. That's not Yeah. Weird. He's showing up a speaker for me. That is weird. All right. I'm going to try to do it with Doug. Let's see if... It... Doug, you say some stupid shit, I'll kick you. Please. Please. I see him. Yeah. What Hello? up, Boston? Hi. Hey, buddy. Hi. How's it going? Tyrese, can you name a good player that's ever come out of Purdue? Uh, fuck. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Who played at Purdue? Fuck it. What's the target for Edwards? Carson Edwards. Is he even, like in the G League now or something? <laughs> or, like overseas? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys are talking about Jalen Ivy. Get oh, the fuck shit. out of here. No one good has come Jayden out of here. Jaden Ivy. Dude, I don't. And he's excellent. Each one more. That's great. No. <laughs> I'm Googling and I genuinely can't recognize any. <laughs> yeah, you see? Yeah. Other than Carson yeah. Edwards. Like, that's yeah. the only Caleb Swanigan. <laughs> Dude, uh, like... He's going to be a bus, man. He is going to bust hard. It's Oh, Glenn Robinson. Each one more. Turn up, turn up. We here. We found one. <laughs> Each one more. Yes. The fucking avatar. Let's go. Now, nah, but like thinking about it though, I think I think that Purdue team has a, a lot of quality players that can be NBA guys if they pan out right. I yeah, I mean, like, it, it's not even. Here's the thing. It's not like Ivy would be cool. AJ, like, but it's not like it's just Ivy. There's plenty of guys that we can yeah. use. In the, oh, in someone the, just DM me Carl Landry. Oh, he was okay for that Golden State team. For yeah, a couple years. Carl Landry. Get the and, fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not even just about Ivy. It's just like 
getting to this pick is just a lot more painful than it needs to be. Um, and I think that's really the most annoying thing about this because this could just be like a like if we if we really wanted to, it could actually be kind of fun. Just like play a bunch of the young guys the rest of the way, and that could be in mixing. You know, Fournier is going to play obviously. Randall's going to play, and he should play obviously. But like other than that, you can just play a bunch of young guys and it'd be fun. Um, but instead, we're, you know, we're not doing that. So. We're, we're going to get our kicking and screaming at the fucking Terry. Join us in Eastern Island. What would happen yeah. if the uh, if the Knicks won the lottery and they picked the uh, that Chet Holgram kid? That would be um, awesome. Probably they need to get him on a victory. Ex- okay, they need to okay. get him on an extreme no, like, no. What, what weight we game fu- diet. What, what they need to fucking do is bite the bullet and get him some ACH. You eat the 25-game suspension, you get him some fucking ACH, <laughs> and you get him to 240. <laughs> now, he needs Zaire is not doing you. We can't My goodness. We, we can fucking get him some ACH. That kid is built like me from fourth grade. Like, he needs, like, more than a like, sandwich. Like, bro, he is th- he's seven feet tall, 195. He's built like Doug. Like, <laughs> fucking hell. Just do, just do it for, like, dude, Aiden did it. If Aiden can do it, you can do it too. Nobody cares if Aiden did it. Aiden did it, and now he's fucking, he's going to finals. Just get him some HGH, get him some whatever John Cena fucking used, just get them, get him that, and, like, we'll eat 25 games, we'll start fucking Nerds the well, and we'll fucking, we'll get all our lives. I can't believe that the Knicks are pulling this year off with a draft where the two best players is someone from Purdue and a guy who looks like the used car salesman balloon figures. Hey, hey, hey. Re- respect fucking Jabari Smith and Shapin Sharp. And, uh, look. This is actually a decent draft. Like, it's actually a decent draft. So way better than I thought it was going to be. So, like, I- I'm okay with this draft. Just after the top. It's like after the top six, it just falls off a cliff. But, like, AJ Griffin's good. So like I'm, I'm can't, I just want to I, I want to go I don't, can we actually like I don't think there's actually been a discussion about exactly how awful this recent stretch of games has been for the Knicks. It's been but, like, terrible. They okay. This is this is all happened in the last seven games. This has all happened. Okay. Um, Tibbs played RJ Barrett fifty minutes. Then he played him forty three minutes, <laughs> and then after the forty three minute on the second end of a back to back, both games at altitude from Utah to Denver. He in has RJ Barrett in. He has RJ Barrett in in a blowout with under a minute left, and he sprains his ankle. He's lucky it was just a sprained ankle. Agreed, this decision. The Knicks have blown four double digit leads in the second half during this stretch. Okay, they all they also almost blew a double digit lead in the Golden game State. they won against Golden State. Yep. They have also now reduced the minutes of all the young guys off the bench to play Burks more, to Hodge more. To play Noel Moore and the Kemba Moore, like this is absolute bottom of the barrel level shit, and but it's top tier level taking. Like it's oh, but it, it's not it's it's, it's like honestly like it's like it's not though. It's just like this it's, is so miserable. It's this is like actually thing. miserable to watch. It's like eating your vegetables when you're like five years old, bro. You're it's like, it's like if we were tanking when we had the 12-13 roster. That's what it, that's what it feels like. <laughs> we had the 12-13 roster, but we were tanking with that roster. This is how it feels like. Because that, that group was talented. Why the fuck are we playing Ahmad Shepard more? <laughs> exactly. But like, yeah, this team was built for winning just like 12-13, except the, the result is totally different. 
and we're not having fun at all. I mean, I, I'm having fun. It, it's it's awful. <laughs> I, it, no, you're not. No, you're not. Nobody's having fun. All right, like anybody, anybody that's telling OGC you give us the game and we blew it. And anybody that claims watching this team has been fun is full of shit. Um, <laughs> and you know, I, like it's all like I, I honestly just could not watch the game today without bringing everything back down to kids because like. You can tell me, like, oh, well, Julius isn't playing at the same... Then why the fuck are you using him the same fucking way? Like, why is the end-of-game offense so terrible? Dude, why are you breathing into your fucking phone, dude? <laughs> Holy shit. He's, like, on a respirator next to Can you just mute, can you mute him, please? This is... A, I can't deal with this. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, but, like, yeah, I just... I, I can't... I, I just... It's really tough to watch. Um, and actually going back to something else that was mentioned, uh, previously, I forgot who, um, yeah. RJ Barrett, like we spent basically the first 35 games of the year. He was trying to use RJ Barrett. Like RJ Barrett was last year. It was just like, Nope, you just stand in the corner, space the floor. Occasionally we'll run a couple of like pistol sets for you a game. And that's about it. Like that is so egregious. Like it took fucking COVID ravaging the team and being without Julius and 15 other guys for Tibbs to lean into like prioritizing RJ Barrett on ball. That is so egregious. Like that's maybe, maybe that might be like the worst thing he's done with the young guy this year of all the things, because at least with like quick, quickly shooting like shit, OB is not as good as Julius. Like there's all, I can like almost wrap my head around the other other ones, but like the RJ one for me is fucking insane. Like, what were you thinking, man? Like, you know, I just it is fucking bananas to me. Um, yeah, it's just it's so bad. His usage for the first two months is like sub twenty. It's twenty for the first month, and it's twenty two for the, the November. Like that? No. That's just not. No. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> like, I, I literally have no words because, like, what? Like, what the fuck? Uh, uh, man, he just, he just saw Jaden and I behind lights and he was like, oh, I gotta get that. And by hook or by crook, I'm gonna get that. And that's all I'm hearing, so. He's not even gonna be coaching him. That was supposed to be a Tibbs impression? Yeah, that was my Tibbs impression. Yeah, I, it's... I just, like, it's kind of crazy, because I, I feel like I've never done a quicker... Like, I went from I don't think there's any way I want him to be fired, to like, I really actually need him to be fired at this point. Like, I, I just think it's so bad. I, I And I don't, I still, like, I don't think he's a bad coach, like, I don't, or I don't think he's, like, a terrible coach, I don't think he's incompetent overall, I don't think, like, like, I don't think it's, it is also right to dismiss what he did last year, but, like, last year is last year, like, people keep bringing this up, like, oh, the front office failed, they didn't do this, like, did the front office nail oh, every, okay, okay, okay. did they nail every move they made? No, but, like, I don't think they, like, they got him Grimes, right? Like, Grimes is a part of their, their office, and I think we all like that. Uh, I don't think Fournier is a failure. Like, I, I think he started off really bad. But, like, wh- I mean, he's basically been the best three-point shooter in the league for, like, since he 2022 started. He has been. Like, literally, he has been. Yeah. So, like, I mean, is it ideal? Do they nail everything? Is it the perfect offseason? 
No, obviously not. But like, like I don't know how we can blame. Like, if we're all agreeing that Burks or like you know guys like this, like they're being miscast, and that's part of the reason for why this team is struggling. I just don't know if I'm there yet. Where I'm like, I think the front office completely failed. I do think the front office failed to pivot effectively at the deadline. Um, but like, I mean, even like the reddish thing. Like, I think most people, even if you don't like reddish particularly as a prospect. The value and what they got him for, like, I think most people were like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, that's reasonable. Um, you gave up a guy who literally had no future here and a protected first for him in a second. Like, that seems pretty okay. Um, I just, I, I just, I, I struggle to like get to the point where it's like, well, we don't have a point guard. So therefore, like, oh, so if he doesn't have a good point guard, then we just can't do anything and we should just fucking, you know, accept everything. Like, cause, I'm not upset that we don't have a point guard. That's not what upsets me about how Tibbs is coaching. Because I would be sympathetic to like like struggling at various points if the point guard play is subpar. But it's not just the point guard play, right? Like I mean, today we had another example of shit with Grimes where like he was on fire in the third quarter. He didn't touch the ball again until like the end of the fourth, basically. And I know he missed some shots, but it's like that's so crazy. Like it's that can't just be about players and not having a point guard. Like, you're the coach, man. You are allowed to draw a place to scheme guys open, to get guys a touch. Like, I just, I think it's so absurd to to just give him a pass because the front office didn't, you know, have a 10 of 10 offseason. Like, that, that's bananas to me. Um, especially because, like, they also brought, like, he wasted the, the bench playing awesome at the start of the year by playing the starters way too much. You know, like, I, I just don't think he's earned this, this pass. Um, and I, I really hope that like, at least internally, whenever they're discussing what their options are moving forward at coach, like I really hope that they don't give him a pass for a lot of the stuff he's done this year. Um, I think he's been, I think he's done a really bad job. Like that. It's really that simple. Like, I just think he's done a really, really bad job this year. Yeah. I've been less patient than most. Cause I was, I was where Schwinn is at way earlier in the season just because he fucked up my parlays bro not even that i wasn't even betting. <laughs> I, I wasn't even betting heavy in the in the beginning of the year either it was just like they, i just kept seeing the same pattern of behavior from him and like hearing the reputation that he's had in other spots like minnesota and like the later years of chicago it's like like when someone shows you who they are and i kept saying this about the knicks early in the season like believe believe them believe them when they show you because that's that's who they are and they just kept showing us that he was going to stick to the same rotations no matter how well the bench was playing, and he wasn't going to change or deter from that. And I just knew from then, like, all right, we got to change the coach because, like, this is going to keep happening throughout the year. And look at lo and behold, look, here we are discussing the same shit that we've been, like, discussing since the beginning of the year. Just, like, nothing's really changed. All right, all right. Well, I'm like, well, I'm well, like well, a good uh, – wait, who just left? Okay, never mind. Well, to, to, <laughs> you know, to your point, though, uh, Sam, like, the RJ thing is a perfect example of him yep. not learning. Like, yep. that's why is he in the game then? Like, you were, I, I, I kind of think the Rose thing where, like, he tore his HL, like, I kind of think that one's, like, a little bit overblown. But, like, but the point is, like, when the stars he, in in a blowout. Yeah, but it's also just like, okay, that happened to you once. Why have you not learned from that? Like, why, like, like you can't, it's fine to believe you can win the game down 15 with four minutes left. I don't think that's particularly insane. I do think it's insane that you think you can win a game down 15 with, with under a minute left. Seconds. Yeah, like that—that that is actually insane. Um, 
So I don't know. That's just I can't really wrap my head on that one. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's been it's been fucking mind boggling. I don't know what the fuck we we're doing. We are just spinning in fucking circles. We're tanking in the most painful way possible. That's like, the goal. Of I, 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 I know, I know, but it's like <laughs> the process is fucking bad. The way we're using players are fucking is fucking bad. The only the only good thing about the structure is that like Julius looks like he's like recalibrated. I want to say that like, he found himself or like he's playing like last year, but like he fucking recalibrated and like he's like finding a groove now, which is really nice. And I feel like if he fucking overextended, he'd be even better. But what can you do? What what can you fucking do except for the coach? You, you could do that. Give give my black brother Johnny Bryan a, tr- a try. It's Black History Month. Let's let's get this shit fucking going. Yep. Yep. Uh, I mean, I don't know what else is there to talk about because, like, I, I I'm just oh, look ahead to the schedule. Oh, Wait, oh bring, bring Benji up here. <laughs> get, yes, get Benji up here. Yes, yes. Oh. This is my moment. This is my moment. This is my moment. This hey, Benji, moment. you want you want cover for Benji? Hey, all right, I invited him. Let's see what happens. Yeah, he's there. I know he's listening. Is, is he too cool? <laughs> this for is my moment. Are we are we looking ahead? Yeah, yeah I mean. But um, yeah. While we look, while we waiting for him to come up here, um, hey, I was trying to avoid you guys. I don't see him. <laughs> wow. Oh, there you are. You were trying to avoid us by entering the spaces. I was just, a, I was just, a, I was just a That's fast bystander listening. <laughs> That's not the best way to avoid. And you guys found me. What's up? Uh, not much. What did you, what did you uh, think of uh, uh, the Tibbs's tactical acumen tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, after after everyone always asks me to grade tips, I graded tips tonight. You can check it out. I gave him a nice F minus a nice minus. fat F for a very, very <laughs> poor performance. You know, you can make a lot of mistakes uh, as a coach that but when you call timeouts that you don't have and think you have challenges that you don't have, that's kind of a red flag for me. <laughs> Even me. Yeah, I, I think that's like do you, I mean look, I, I've not played at any significant level uh that might surprise you since i'm so athletically gifted um but like don't you think errors like that speak to a coach who's maybe really like that feels like a, a mistake you would make feeling pressure yeah no that doesn't I, 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 yeah yeah i think yeah i think that's right i think he's totally flustered uh i think he's a bit he's defeated maybe yeah i i don't know Hard to fathom that one. Really, is hard to fathom that one. And, you know, you're as somebody with a psych degree, I would know. I would you're know. one of 30 NBA coaches like in the world, and you're making mistakes that like JV high school coaches don't make. That's that's rough. I, I can't excuse that. I don't think anybody can. So, and yeah, I mean, it's the same. I, you guys have been saying it's the same crap over and over again. At some point, um, it's like what have they been doing the last two days? Working on their late game offense to look exactly the same as it has all season. <laughs> Like it's and it's like you know the it's it just gets boring to like I, I actually don't I don't want to fucking shit on the Knicks I'd like I would like to no, watch yeah, the Knicks it's horrible and, and be happy and enjoy it but like I just you know and I think that if you are making mistakes at the end of games but in the service like if you are an OKC fan watching tonight's game yes and you end up losing that game I don't think you would walk away from that game being like. Fuck that sucks. I don't know. Like our talent sucks. Like you would probably. I'm sure there's no games where Trey Mann looks awful and Giddy looks awful and all these guys look terrible and they get blown out by like 30. But like 
that's part of the gig no, with no, a young no, team. Right. The way that game was supposed to go in a normal circumstance is they miss four free throws down the stretch and they throw away an inbounds pass on the last play and they, they put up a great fight and their talented guys showed some things and they lost. That's a perfect tank. That is perfectly yeah. executed tank. But the Knicks are so bad right now and out of sorts that they actually out-tank them with their veterans playing, which is the craziest thing in the world Mark could possibly the do. The fucking Thunder were giving them the game. The it's legitimately remarkable. It's like it, their fucking lives depended on it. Like Sam Presti held a gun to their head and was like, go fucking miss these free throws. We are literally going to cut their contract. And somehow, some way, they fucking choked. To outtake uh, the tanking masters is just like the, the chef's team kiss. by seventy three. They lost by seventy three. We fucking got to overtime. <laughs> yeah, it's and I, I just can't get over this. Like you, like what? What do you talk about at halftime? Right? Because it's fine. Like, like this is the the NBA today. Like the even the thirtieth ranked offense can put up a sixty point half. That's like not actually that insane. But what? It's crazy to me is you come out in the second half, and I just feel like you, if you got a rookie ball handlers, rookie ball handlers running an offense, it makes sense to like those different challenges for them. And instead, the Knicks were just like, "No, we're just gonna keep, we're gonna, we're gonna execute our drop coverage to perfection." And it's like, why, man? Like, try something different. Throw something at this kid that is like, yeah, Josh Kidd is talented. He's not fucking Chris Paul, like. He hasn't seen every coverage that an NBA team can throw at him. He's probably not seen a big man like Mitchell Robinson all that often. You know, like, there are things you can do to make his life harder and affect the game. And, you know, like, we just... Like put, like, put Fournier on him. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, like we, we, want, we want international guard. We, we, we like Fournier to start, like, for the first, like, three and a half minutes. It was. I mean, I said it right away. Three possessions that went by. First three possessions of the game, getting either scored or, or got an assist. And I'm like, I think we should probably make this change. It took another timeout for them to finally yep. make the change to Grimes. And not that Grimes stopped him. Nobody. I mean, he was. Great. And you're right that it was kind of. He just kind of figured out the drop and and exposed it. But uh, yeah, it was not. Again, just just poor poor performance, coaching performance, and defensively from the outset, I thought it was the energy was bad. I thought Julius, like when Julius guards someone that isn't a shooter, like Baisley, he takes that as like an invitation to just walk around on defense for the entire game. Um, it was just, it was just a poor, it was just a poor, poor showing. But yeah, I mean, Schwinn, you made the points. Like the whole point of the season was like, let's play good competitive basketball and like, try to develop some guys and like just keep the good vibes going and it's literally just tanked in the worst way where it's just the vibes are as bad as they can possibly be it sucks it well, just sucks and, and and i think what's even worse about it is like like the the thing that i always thought was legit is that even like so if the season went south you could pivot to just playing your young guys more because like you right. actually have five or six or seven young guys and if they did that, I promise you, we like if Tibbs was just like, you know what, like this isn't working with the Vets. I'm just gonna play the young guys a lot more, and we'll still get 48 minutes and Randall minutes and like some Todd or Noel minutes, but like mostly I'm gonna play the young guys more. Like if that's what we did, then I would be. I think we would all get up here and be like completely fine with some of these narrow losses and stuff because you'd feel like okay, maybe they're losing these games now, but in like. Because they're losing these games now in two weeks or something like that, 
they can they'll actually win these games and they they can see these games out. And instead, you're just like, well, if these these vets are like there's like thirty year old thirty plus year old vets, they're not going to learn anything different. Like they this is who they are, and and like. That, there's no development happening in that capacity. So, or, or, or even worse, you're overextending their their defined roles that they've kind of created for themselves at 31 years old, like a Burke situation, where it's like that you're a good bench wing who can give you kind of good spurts of scoring, but well, let's make you into a full time backup like point guard thing and ruin your season, which is really what happened here. I mean, I, like pretty direct line from the yeah. direct from the Burke's point guard minutes to his to his like steep descent into awful basketball <laughs> yeah i i i couldn't agree with you more i the burke stuff is i i like i don't even like thought i don't i like I, I people probably think i like hate burks but like i actually like him and i just hate how we're using him now and what it's kind of become like it's you know it's just a it's like really deplorable coaching um for me anyway and how i view it. i think it's really really bad what he's done to him yeah. All right. I'm with you guys. You 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 you've convinced me. I'm in. I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> it took us a while. You guys are killing it. We we can disagree, but I always 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 enjoy listening to you guys. And I'm I'm gonna run and get some sleep. But appreciate you guys. Talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, Benji. Imagine sleeping at 10:48. That's crazy. <laughs> it's 11:48 on the East Coast. So yeah, you guys. Even 11:48. You know, that's like uh, you know. It's a, little, it's a little early for us. Schwinn be out by like Schwinn is out by like eleven thirty. This is past his bedtime. I don't know. He can do yeah. like this. <laughs> I had I had a, I had some coffee, so I'm, I'm okay. Good. That makes sense. That makes sense. So now a look ahead. Oh, the fuck! My moment. Is this my moment. Yeah, ahead, buddy. Okay. So before the All Star break this weekend, this upcoming weekend, we have the Brooklyn Nets at home. Yay! Okay. <laughs> then after the All Star break. We have two games at home against the Heat and against the Sixers, who will probably have Harden. That's oh, boy. Oh. Then we go on a seven-game West Coast road trip. But we start, we start in Philly against Philly. That's fine. Then we play against the best team in the NBA. That's on national fun. TV, mind you. All this is like on national TV. Like that. Yeah. The next seven games are like yeah, national TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah next, six straight on next national six games TV. Are, are on national TV. Then we play the Clippers. Then on the second night of back-to-back, we play the Kings. Then we play uh, Dallas. Then we play the Grizzlies. Then we play Brooklyn at Barclays. This is perfect for the tank, by the way. This is Jaden Ivey, we're, t- we're taking Jaden by force. God damn it. <laughs> By fucking force. Yo, Pre- Prez has been calling this for like a while now. Um, and, and here's the thing: like, this was supposed to be. If the Knicks were going to make type of push, this had to be the stretch that they banked some wins. Um, you know, losing to Portland the way they did and losing to OKC the way they did. The season's over. Like, this it's is over, like, this yeah. is so fucking annoying. The season is broke. And if you don't want it to be over, if you actually want to have a chance of maybe salvaging it and getting into the plan. You have to try different shit, dude. You cannot keep trying the same fucking tired-ass, vet-heavy rotations that have gotten you here. Like, like he wants it to be 29... Like, he wants it to be last year so bad. And it's just not, dude. Like, teams change. People adapt. Like, I think teams have now... Uh, you know, look, Julius, even in his really good stretch of late, 
he's not hitting the three ball. So like he doesn't have that type of gravity and he's not hitting jumpers at the same level. So like it's, it's fundamentally not the same as last year. So you have to adapt. And if you adapted a little bit, I wouldn't give it like, again, it's not about wins or losses to me, but if you're coaching for wins and losses process. Yeah. And and he's coaching for wins and losses. Like that's how he's coaching right now. That's very transparent. He's basically said it, right? What did he say? Like, he doesn't care about development and all that shit. It's not basically what he said a couple of days ago. Um, like, okay, so he's telling you. Wild, my, my, yeah. That was fucking wild. Yeah, I, it is <laughs> like, wild that he said you that. You said that with your chest, bro. Like, come yeah. on. They should have fired him right after he made that statement. Yeah, he said that, and it's just like, like, okay, that's that's fine. It, so, like, if that's the case, then I get to judge you purely on wins and losses. Then. Like, that, that's how you feel. Then I will judge you on the standard you yourself have given you. If that is the standard that he wants to be judged on, so be it. Then why the fuck is anybody making any excuses? Like there should be no excuses for them. You're one and six in your last seven games, and you're trying desperately to win. And you have blown leads to teams that you're quite frankly like this whole thing that like, oh well, the Knicks just aren't talented enough. They don't have enough talent. It's a fucking it's a bunch of bullshit. That's what it is. It's a fucking absolute fucking bullshit because there are people or, you know, they, they, people just want to, like, like he's actually, def, like, deflating the value of players on this roster. He's done it with basically everybody on the roster this year, okay? The Julius thing is his own thing. I don't I don't actually won't put that all on Tibbs because Julius, again, I have no idea what the fuck was going on with him for 50 games. Happy he's back, though. Well, he lost his smile. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's he's a good meme factory, though. Um, well, he's, he's been cooking this year. I, yeah, he I'm has been. But, um, but like, you know, I mean, Burks, Burks is a perfect example. Like, that guy had more value 20 games in than he does that. Why? Because a lot of Tibbs used it. Okay. Uh, 48 for the first, like, 30 games of the year, Tibbs was running him exactly like how he wants Reggie Bullock to play. Right? Like, he's just, like, spot-up shooter, space the floor in the corner, don't really touch the ball directly on the fence at all. Um, it didn't, like, so, so the first 30 games have this, like, impact of, like, that's how we remember you, and it's really hard to change how we view. Randall talked about this last year in that Players' Tribune letter, if you remember, right? And, like, we all hated Randall this first in New York. Everybody fucking wanted him traded. Um, so, like, it's hard to change that perception, and I think Fournier's doing that right now, because is he perfect? Like, I, we all know the flaws that he has, right? Soft defensively, some really interesting decision-making at the end of games is the nice putting it. Um, but, like, the guy can shoot the shit out of the ball, and he's a decent enough third-type option, right? Like, he's not perfect. He is what he is. We signed him to be something. I think he's more or less worth the contract he got. Um, but, like, the perception of him is this terrible, like, idiot of a player. And, like, you can go up and down the roster. You know, like, Obi is seen as, like, oh, well, he's nothing more than just, just a dunker. Yeah, he's just a, just a guy, an energy big guy off the bench. Like, that's all he really is. You know, that's fucking horse shit. I'm sorry, that's just bullshit, because... Yeah, that's all he is because that's the only way that usage use for him. Yeah, and, and it's the only use that Tibbs sees for him, which is bananas in its own way. Like, this fucking guy coached the first game of the year, right? He saw Obi literally come in and change the entire, like, tempo of a game. And we went from down 10 to up 10 against Boston. Like, yeah. like that. This, this is the real fucking thing that happened when he played with Julius, okay? So, this is all... It is all bullshit. Everything that is going on this year is bullshit with Tibbs, and people are falling over themselves to make excuses for him. And and what they're doing is they're actually um, they're denigrating the talent on the roster 
to to make excuses for him. Like this is so crazy to me. And if anybody watches soccer, they will know exactly what it means that Tibbs is exactly like Jose Mourinho. If you watch <laughs> soccer, you know exactly what that means because this is exactly what he does everywhere he goes now. That he's a cooked fucking manager. And Tibbs is, is basically the, showing you is that the guy that, that says I speak. Yes, yes, that yes, is him. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. uh, okay. But like, Tibbs is at a point now where what he does—I I forgot who brought this up earlier. Uh, one of the first people that came on today talked about how he's really good with rosters that are less talented than he is yeah, with a yeah. roster that has more talent. I mean, I think that is exactly right. Uh, I think I've maybe had—I've had the same thought for sure. But like, you're seeing that this year, you know, like forty degree role player, right? He needs to get the ball. The value that he has is all predicated on him giving you plus offensive play, right? Like he, so you're already working at a completely different with a completely different set of ingredients than you had last year. You know, like Julius is not playing like a high level wing scorer this year, right? He's actually what he what has gotten him kind of out of his funk, playing a lot more like a downhill big. Um, like not, I don't want to say he's playing like Draymond because he's not playing like Draymond, but like offensively, there's a lot more of like, go set a screen, roll to the rim type of shit action going for him. Like this is like, th- these are the things that are happening. And it's just, so you, once you have like, y- he's still coaching it though. Like Julius is doing his Kobe thing, you know, like, and that's just not happening. So you just you go up and down the roster, you know. You see this shit all all over the place. Like Obi is basically a floor spacing four man. Why, man? Why? Like, why is he on the floor with Taj and Taj is getting the fucking roll man uh, reps? Like that—that that is such bottom of the barrel coaching in like every single capacity imaginable, from the usage of the talent to the creativity of how to deploy it to the willingness to like how to experiment with it. It's just like, it's all of it has been such a complete fail this year. And the net result is you got people, you know, who I understand why I would rather we did not, like, I did not want to fire Tibbs because I, I would prefer not to constantly fire coaches. But like, like if, if you're actually watching, done. yeah, if you're just watching this year and you think that like, there's no argument for that or that it's crazy or that like, like I don't know, I don't, I just don't understand the, like the idea of like he needs more time. Like for what? This is what Dibs is like. It's this is like the third coaching stop, and like that's just who he is. So like, if people can't see that for themselves, I just don't know what to say to them at this point. And if you like him, you should punk. because if he gets fired now, he'll get fucking you know he'll become a fucking martyr for people. Oh, the national. <laughs> oh, like the next just you know the fucking cut bait that I'm a plan about. Like I don't care. Let let them shoot on you. Take the bullshit and move on because, like, it's just it's over, man. Like, like he he's like you said, man. Like he's showing you who he is, and he is not changing. And that what makes him good to a certain point is also why beyond that point, beyond the like establishing a foundation stage, he is not useful for the team because because to win at the highest levels, to push the ceiling of your team where it needs to go, to to really push the, the edges of what you can be as a team requires a lot more flexibility and creativity than it has. And if you look at the best coaches in the league, they're all flexible. They're all creative. They're all willing to to go outside of what their base identity is, right? Like Spolstra, Nick Nurse, fucking uh, you know, Steve Kerr, Monty Williams, like all these guys, 
yeah, like all these guys. Ty Lue. Ty Lue's probably the best example. Like th- these fucking Clippers, okay? Kawhi hasn't played a fucking second this year. He's not going to. Paul George has played what, like eighteen games or some shit. Like he's got two max players giving him absolutely nothing. They got a fucking better record than the Knicks. Like that is that is great. They're beating, the, they're beating the Warriors right now, which is hilarious. Yeah. And, and Steph has fucking twenty six on yeah. twelve shots. Yeah. And they're beating the fucking Warriors. So it's you know it's just like that's that's what great coaching is, and that's that's like what the standard is. Like if you have a coach who has stagnated this year, maybe even regressed in a lot of ways, and it's resulting in your team and your talent stagnating or regressing, like that is enough of a reason to fire a coach. I'm sorry, like Tibbs does not. He's not like if it was Spolstra, right? Like if Spolstra had a bad coaching year. I think, like, you would be like, all right, well, you know, that's just weird. He'll figure it out. It's Polstra, like, whatever. We'll try. Like, Tibbs is not that guy, though. Right? Like, the, he's not that guy. And he's also, like, if I'm in front of him, I traded a first-round pick for Cam. I drafted OB8 overall. Like, wh- what is the plan for these guys? Like, what wh- what is the role where they can grow into, like, being more prominent players in this team? And if that doesn't exist in, for, if, for this coach... That's enough of a reason to fire him. I'm sorry, like that really is. If 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 I was Leon Rose, that would be enough of a reason for me to fire Tibbs. And I say that as somebody who really, not until about like a week ago, I did not want to fire Tibbs. As annoying as he's been this year, I did not want to fire Tibbs. But the the RJ thing and the continued bullshit in these losses, like those things are just enough for me. I mean, even the Golden State win, I thought down the stretch of that came. He showed like, against these points, and he showed you exactly who he is. Um, so you know it is what it is, but you know I think you're better off biting the bullet now than, than waiting for whatever reason. Yep, a hundred percent. Yeah, I, I yeah. We it's wait done. for the time. Like Thanks. that. That's literally the only reason I'm not. I'm not fire tips now. Like even like yeah, you can fire him now. Uh, like. I'd probably be happy, but like the only reason, like, hey, he might get Jaden Ivy with this type of coaching, like, like he really might do that. Eyes on the fucking prize. I, the thing is, actually, Tibbs would probably play Ivy like forty minutes because he can attack the rim. Yeah, but yeah, maybe, but like he he would be fired by then. So, uh, yeah, Tibbs would be fired after that, like. There's no way. There's like no. You can't. You can't start next season with him. Yeah, I, I, I thought Julius's comment quote after the game was pretty interesting. I don't know if you guys saw that about like maybe playing faster. Play, yeah, maybe I should yeah, do that. Yeah, more. I, I, I that kind of felt like a like a subtweet of the coach, right? Like it's like, yeah, I should do that, huh? That's interesting. Yeah. And he said something the other day, like Fred Katz had it in his article today, right? Where Tibbs, he said something like, they asked him why that was like, what, why they went to that 1 4 pick and roll and like ISO for him. And he's like, well, that's the, that's the play. Um, I thought that was an interesting quote. Not exactly, um, you know, covering Tibbs in much glory there, uh, if you're, if you're Randall. And like, like, I don't think, I, I, this is the thing, they hate Tibbs, but I, I have a very hard time believing they think, Tibbs is doing a good job this year. His voice is kind of, um, what you call it, run dry, I guess, over there. He's losing the love. Yeah, in a way, slightly. 
Like Randall just seems like tired, and not just like physically. He just seems like emotionally, just like kind of like I'm, he's t- he's starting to tune him out. Like you know, it's like let yeah. you're like like you're I don't blame him. Like, like your dad is like yo, I don't, you don't listen to your dad the same anymore. You're like fuck you. I know what I'm doing. And it's like Julius just does not care about fucking tips right now, and like I can't blame him. He's like I'm putting up all this shit. I'm putting up the fucking put up. I'm doing what I need to do now. Like he has a right to be upset, especially when like Tibbs is like not deviating. It's just like nothing changing, and it's the same shit every every time. We keep blowing leads, so yeah. I I mean, again, like if the excuse was he can't win because Randall's playing bad, what's the excuse now? I mean, and it's not even Randall. Mitch is playing a lot better now, right? Evans playing Party better now. And, like, yeah, crazy. Yeah, Evans playing better now. Uh, and these are the guys you're playing most minutes. So it's not like it's not like he's playing quickly thirty five minutes and quickly can't make a shot. So therefore, you could like he played quickly what like fourteen minutes tonight or something. 14. Like they, they didn't lose the game because of that. You know, like they just didn't. Um, they didn't lose the game because of any individual player performance or stretch of minutes today. They lost because their coach can't get them over the finish line, despite really good offensive performances from a lot of players. Um, you know, like, yeah, individuals struggled offensively and defensively and all that shit, but if you can't overcome that against this OKC team, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't know what the argument is for... Like, I, I'm actually... I, I would love for somebody to make the four Tibbs argument. Like, like, an actual basketball argument that isn't just like, well, he was coach of the year last year, and we need stability, and it's a bad look to fire him after he won. Like, I, I, I want actual basketball reasons, tactically, whatever it is, for why he should stay on the job and why he's actually done an okay job. I kind of don't see it. Best fucking coach is JVG, man. You can't do that to Tibbs, man. Buster, you had the argument, like, what, like two weeks ago? Yeah, this was before fucking Tibbs fucking marbles. Yeah, but now he lost his fucking marbles. I don't want to listen to The Yeah, fair. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I'm like, it's it's really tough for me because I, I just don't know what it is. Like, I really don't. And I actually think, I don't think, like, I'll be honest. Like, I, I, I've always kind of thought that they paid Johnny Bryant. They made him, like, the highest paid associate head coach or whatever in the NBA, I think, when they got him out of Utah. Um, I I've always kind of felt like they knew that Tibbs was not the forever coach but that he could get them there. And I thought that he, they would, it, it just felt like to me, their timeline was probably like two or three years or probably specifically. And I just think that look, Julius being all NBA last year kind of sped up the trajectory of the overall franchise in a way that I don't think anybody could have expected, you know? Um, and because of that, I think they, it, it speeds things up, and now you're at a point where, especially with Julius playing better again now, where you're like, well, I mean, what is he doing to, to further the team from this point moving forward? And I just really struggle to see what it is, given his kind of rigidity um, in, in a lot of ways, right? Not just minutes and rotations, but also scheme, um, both offensively and defensively. Uh, it's just been a really rough year for him, and if he can't adapt, like, you know, look, he's been, he got fired in Chicago, he got fired in Minnesota, 
he did the the whole tour and he went to Sloan press conference and like I, I do think that he understands the value of analytics and all that kind of shit, but it just feels like ultimately when push comes to shove, his core tendencies and beliefs will win out and um he's gonna do what he trusts. Yeah, yeah, that's really what it is at the end of the day. He's not willing to really come off of what he truly believes. So. Yeah, uh, I think we just probably call it now because, like, I think it's midnight. Yeah, it's midnight for yes. you guys, and yeah, talking about Sid fast midnight feels like I said a safety answer. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> that is um, definitely not safe to do. Yeah. All right. So uh, thank you guys for the Q and A post game. Uh, good night. The Knicks fucking suck. Game that I beat. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.